Hi, Asti Besties, and welcome back to the Sounds Like Stop podcast. I am your host, Maggie Walker, Associate Managing Editor, and today I'm very excited because I'm joined by Lachelle. Uh, but I'm going to let Lachelle introduce himself because he's going to do a far better job than I would ever do. So take it away. Well, hello, hello, everyone in Esti land. Hi, <laughs> uh, Maggie. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Uh, my name is Lachelle Yuli. I have been a licensed esthetician for, oh gosh, now over six years, but I have been in the industry for a total of 29 years. And I actually did the math today so I can be very specific to let you know how long I've been doing this. Oh, uh, also, uh, fashion myself as a men's skin health expert. I do work with women, but men, men's skin health is very important to me for reasons that we'll get into a little bit later on. But I've been in this industry since I was 17 years old. I started as a makeup artist. I worked for every cosmetic luxury counter you can ever imagine into my 20s. But I always saw a missing link around the male consumer. I personally was a male consumer myself. My father, my uncles, these are men uh, that I knew who didn't feel very comfortable in the cosmetic world or the places that I worked, like the, the department stores or certain salons that they went into. And so it always was in the back of my mind to always fashion my um, services towards men. And it started out just for image-based reasons, but it started, it got deeper after um, my own personal um, incidents was with like recovery. Let's, let me just be transparent. It helped me to use self-care as a way, as a tool to heal. So I worked as a makeup artist. I worked as counter manager. I worked as a freelance artist. I even helped small makeup company out here in LA. Um, uh, her name was Nakia Cosmetics and she uh, had a makeup school and a, a store and I helped her run her company and management. And so I've done everything from stock boy to on-counter uh, sales to management to rep. And I've done it all. And then I moved into a salon out here, uh, Beverly Hills, known salon called Demel Roberts, which she's known for brow, the brow king. And so that's where I started to hone my, what, do, what does men need and how can I better serve them in this industry from where I'm at? So hopefully that that's me in a fast nutshell of 29. So how long would you say you've been like like the men specific? How when did that start? Oh my god. Uh, so that started so I'll just give you the year. That started 2017. Here's the thing. I already knew skincare for men was happening. Now we already were in this beard phase. We were in this beard phase. Men were getting really big on beards and they were getting big on their haircuts very differently than they were prior. There were establishments like the barbershops were really catering to a male experience in the back of my head when I was working for Damone Roberts and I said to him skincare is the next wave for men and I started there at two, about 2017 in that salon to really try to focus on the male clients that got, came into the salon and really from brows because I had to at least keep them used to getting their brows done 
yeah. speaking with them. And you, if you walked into the salon on any given day, you saw some weird, I mean, here's some of my favorite stories. There will be women that would accompany their wives and maybe in between a client, if I didn't have a client, I'd be like, I want to, I want him to get his brows done, especially if they had great brows. And I would be sitting in the lobby. You would just see me sitting there, just having this conversation with this guy, trying to inspire him to come into the chair to get his brows done. Now, he didn't come to get his brows done. He just came to accompany his wife. Yeah. And boy, it was so funny, some of the conversations I would be having. And then the wife would be finished getting her brows done, and she turns around, and he's in my chair. And she's like, <laughs> how did you get him in your chair? <laughs> you know? And... So it started then, and then skincare I would do lightly at the salon as well, too. Very awesome. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I feel like 2017 started to be that, like, because I remember distinctly when there was almost that shift in, like, men, it was, like, almost like a joke if a guy took longer than a girl to get ready and, like, took all that care in their hair. And then it was almost a shift where it was, like, an attractive quality to have and, like, oh, you take care of yourself. And I kind of remember when that shift initially kind of came about, which is just kind of funny to think like how things yeah. change like that. It can go from something that they were mocked for to something that everyone's kind of like, oh, you take care of yourself, though. So here's the thing to that point, right? We, a lot of men didn't even focus on anything ruling past their haircut because the way it was marketed towards women, yeah. right? Skincare, facials, self-care, was a woman's thing, right? It was frivolity. So it kind of uh, was reductive to both men and women when you think about it, right? It wasn't seen as how it's being seen now. It really wasn't until we went into COVID, right? And people were forced to look at their self-care, forced to look at um, their own needs and awareness in a way that was, how do we take care of ourselves when we can't control anything else around us? And then that, as eticians, we started to become essential right in COVID and odd. Because now, Maggie, estheticians are essential. And that happened during COVID, right? And yeah. so the men started to realize, how can I take care of myself? And let's face it, sometimes we knew this before COVID, but now everyone else knows it. We're the first, first point of contact for some people to even look at other wellness practices or other health practices. And men started to understand that because they were lacking a sense of nurturing, right? From themselves, mm -hmm. right? Therapeutic touch. You could be in a relationship and still never get therapeutic touch. And so we provided that and we, and men started to kind of get like, I want to take care of myself too. What do I need to do to start that process? And uh, besides a haircut, skincare being that we're very nurturers by nature, provided that uh, that uh, environment for them. So I thought maybe we just take a step back into because like, I still feel like it's seen as, and something that irks me is it's still seen as a trend. Like, oh, the trend of men coming to the spa. And I'm like, that's not really a trend anymore. It's just, it just is. <laughs> Right. And so to that point, before things become something that just is, it has to start as, as a trend. Yes. I want to I wanna have you look at or have your viewers see what I've learned in just my time with working with men and, uh, and the differences between working with men and women. 
women I've learned have face-to-face -face relationships. Men have side-to-side -side relationships. So sometimes things that are trendy, especially if they see other men that they um, uh, connect with, they'll tend to do that as well. Now, it's up to said providers to make it less of a trend by our knowledge and our education and our approach and how we provide the experience for them, for them to see it as something more lifestyle based and more pivotal, that uh, more priority in their lifestyle. Okay, so I want to give you a couple of statistics that I found out. And here's the thing. Let me just also put a disclaimer, Maggie. I am still learning. I am constantly looking, learning, reading, asking my clients, doing my own research around the, the men demographic in this industry, both on the practitioner side as well as on the consumer side. So, yes, it's now becoming more commonplace because of what I said at the beginning men are starting to see themselves in in the spas. They're starting to see things that are not just at the back end for them, because some spas always had um, treatments specifically for men in environments that felt very inclusive to men. But now, but it was always kind of like minuscule in comparison to the female experience, right? Now, a lot of spas understand that men... Um, need a place for themselves. That's something that I understood. If you take a look around you, you could see like I purposefully curated my space for all men to feel comfortable in. And so, yes, it's something that is commonplace now because I, I, I think now that men have been, some of the men that have been doing the spa experience now start to realize how it plays a vital part into their spiritual and emotional well-being especially if they're consistent with it you know one of the things i always say is how you do one thing is how you do everything and what that means is like if you're taking care of yourself if you're taking the time to stop if you're taking this time to to, to feel nurtured to receive to be nurtured to take care of your skin health and those things that come with that that will up uh, that will transfer into other parts of your life these things are not compartmentalized. Mm -hmm. You know, good health builds well. Before, men just thought if I worked really hard and I yeah. dropped out and I sacrificed my well-being for the sake of the dollar, then that's what's going to build and provide. But no, you can't do that if you take care of yourself, if you're not taking care of yourself. And how other men were doing in the past, taking care of themselves, they were picking up sometimes unhealthy habits to nurture themselves, drinking, smoking, eating, you know. Yeah. And now they realize in order to sustain that sort of um, lifestyle or to go towards success, real success is well-being. The spas, whether you know it or not, and this is just my opinion and my prediction because of where I'm going personally in this industry, the spas are about to change real fast in terms of how we relate to clientele overall men and women but we do have an opportunity especially with men especially because men right now are in a, a renaissance changing period to cater to them very differently than we have ever catered to women even and it, it i it's it i like to call it we're becoming the new clinics of the day Ooh. we are 
adding on to the lifestyle medicine piece in a new way. And uh, I'm excited to see where this industry is going. Yeah, no, me too. I love to, I love to watch it advance and change and, and be better um, and become better. But I was curious, what are your thoughts? Cause something else I've been noticing a lot of uh, is a lot more like gender neutral stuff, whether that's gender neutral. I've seen it come through in a lot of different personal care things of like fragrance, all the way to skincare, all the way, like, you know, there's been a lot. So do you think that's been like a step forward for more men feeling more comfortable in the spa when it comes to like using gender neutral kind of like skincare and stuff? Or do you think like there's still that almost divide of like women's skincare and men's skincare? Does that make sense? No, that does make sense. Let me address the first part of the question. I think that is very helpful. Marketing is very smart, right? And I think it also plays a part into how people want to identify right so there's some men who are for me personally i like gender neutral things as well but i also like many things that are specific to men too right because as a person who identifies as a man i want something that feels connective to me but that person who celebrates his femininity like i do i love things that are gender neutral right because that's very i'm a very fluid guy sexual you know how i uh, how i present and the things that are that that titillate my senses, right? So I think it it allows a broader spectrum of different types of men to feel comfortable. So I love gender neutral um, anything. I think it's smart. And let's think about it. We are all gender neutral. When we really think about the, when we think about how we're all constructed, everyone yeah. has a masculine and everybody has a little bit of feminine. Some people may have a little bit more than one than the other. So I think it all makes sense in terms of if you think about the reality of how we are all um, constructed internally and um, internally and emotionally. All right. So let's jump a little more into the topic of kind of what you initially presented to me and what I'm super jazzed to talk about, which is much more going into like men's health. Like, okay, so because you you're you were the one that wanted to talk, you know, this was essentially your idea and I just loved it and ran with it. But so Mm -hmm. it's about how men's health is connected to the skin conditions, right? Yeah, so here's the thing. When I first started to do my research on this, I was like, what health conditions that are more relative than men and women affect their skin, you know, in um, indirectly and directly? And as I started to do my research, there are a lot of health issues that affect men, men, men more than women, but doesn't necessarily affect their skin initially. And when I say that, for us as estheticians to be concerned with, right? So as I got down more, and I'm still doing a lot of studying here, okay? I just started to 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 focus on the structural, how the skin is structured differently, and right? And if I understand how the skin is structured differently, then I understand how certain illnesses and diseases um, are affected on the skin. Um, first of all, let me just say, I do, for the past four years, I've been working in the oncology environment. I work with a lot of uh, patients, uh, patients, I'm sorry, clients who are living with cancer. <clears throat> and I've learned so much. And first started it out with a lot of women, and now I'm dealing with a lot more men and a lot more men of color. So I'm starting to see some differences there as well. So there's a growing interest in understanding that the differences in the way the diseases affect individuals based on gender. This includes studying the epi- epidemiology, pathogens, 
clinical presentation and treatment response of diseases. So in the anatomy of physiology uh, of manifestations of some diseases, um, I discover infectious diseases are more presented in men. Okay, how does that affect me as an esthetician, right? When they come to me, well, first, let me just say this. This is why as estheticians, we, sh we have very thorough, we should have very thorough consultations. And usually in the consultations, we're asking about lifestyle. We're asking about hopefully medications. And when I say that is we're not doctors and we're not trying to profess to be doctors, but it's always nice to know what they're taking. So sometimes, you know, um, their medication show, shows up on their skin, right? And if they're changing it, it's, you know, so we asking these questions so that we could understand better how to approach our clients. So as statisticians, having knowledge about the biophysical characteristics of our male clients can aid us in providing better treatment. Uh, additionally, taking into account factors like environmental conditions, genetic backgrounds, social, cultural behaviors. These are things that uh, uh, and environmental factors can help us to approach and treat our male clients more effectively. So as I was doing this, I said, that's where the work is for me, right? I'm not a doctor, I'm just not, but I'm very fascinated around the structure of the skin and the differences between the two. And, yeah. I'm, and this also helps me and tailoring what is needed for my male clientele. Because once again, to, to go way back to your first question, the difference, uh, well, your, your statement of more men coming into the spa. Well, how do we keep them there? Is when we start to pay attention to what's specifically needed in them. What makes more men come in? Men are more, most men, not all, on more practical thinking, why do I need to keep coming in for a tune-up all the time, right? Especially if my skin is healthy, and I know we'll get to that later. So, so when you start to factor into things like the uh, structure of the skin and the differences of it as an esthetician, it can really allow you to really have some fun and to individualize and customize the treatment. So, when it comes to skin parameters, um, the skin parameters in men are higher. We're talking about hydration, transepidermal water loss, right? Uh, sebum is higher um, due to testosterone and things like that. Pigmentation, uh, the thickness of the skin. And what I also realized or discovered, and I didn't know this, like I knew that, that the signs of aging show up on men um, more prominent when it does, but I didn't know that linearly the our collagen wall starts breaking down at the age of at, at the age of twenty, just linearly, right? But by forty plus, pinning on your cultural ethnic background, yeah. Once those signs show up, they're pretty um, prominent, more so in men than in women. Yeah. So, yeah, they are and. Still doing a lot on that. These are important when you think about how toxins and disease are um, either come in and come out of the, the body, right? And how to be able to address or treat certain things when um, when you're dealing with men who are having either life-threatening illnesses, be it skin cancer, skin concerns, or things that affect the skin like oncology treatments. Yeah. You know? Um, and so that's 
me trying to understand that is what peaked what what is really now becoming the work for me okay certain things that show up in men just off the back melanola non-melanola non-melanola um those things uh and even though psoriasis and dermatitis dermatitis those skin disorders tend to show up more in women if you understand the functions and the structures of the male skin based on these parameters that i just given you you would understand how it looks differently on a male skin and so that way you will be able to support and treat it differently with the ingredients and modalities that are used in treatment with. wow was that too much no i'm digesting <laughs> it's amazing maggie i am the more I started reading and finding more of this research around just the anatomy and skin, the, the, uh, the differences in the skin in terms of the sexes and gender, um, the more fascinated it made me. And what it does is it continues to fire me up and it helps me to create the environment outside of just the treatment itself for men for what is needed for them um, in this community. Because we don't you know the representation on both ends are, are still we're still maturing in that way and i think we need to think differently than we how we treat our female components and how we bring men into this industry both in the treatment world and as practitioners as well too yeah no i i definitely agree i feel like I'm glad when you brought up like the melanoma thing, that's kind of the connection I kept making too, is I always remembered um, we used to do it. We used to have them at face and body all the time where we'd have classes to help like um, massage therapists and estheticians, like be able to spot, you know, beginning signs of melanoma. Cause we're like, you're one of the only people that might see, you know, the someone's back shoulder that they're never going to look at themselves, you know, mm -hmm. and you might notice something. And it is, it's that connection where you're not becoming a healthcare professional you know, but you are aiding in being able to notice and spot specific things to be like, hey, just so you know, yeah, be aware. So you utilize the aspect that some men may come into an esthetician just to relax or look good. And then if you are that esthetician that um, wants to provide a more elevated, valuable, substantial treatment, you're doing the homework on the anatomy of the skin and the anatomy of the individual based off of all those things down to his environment and his ethical background, you can really be of some real help to them, assist them in looking at like, hey, I noticed this. I can't really treat this. I can't really identify it. But what I'm thinking is, let me refer you to a dermatologist. And so what I would say that to the esthetician that's working with men who decides to bring in this perspective and how they pay attention to men, you know, I think if they bring this perspective in, it just, the response is very different for men. Men tend to respond to that. And sometimes they don't know that they need that because they never have that been paid, that piece been paid attention to. We have to sometimes be the four series of things and, and for me i pay attention like i'm paying attention to what's needed in them so you know they can come in for a treatment and they want to uh look good or whatever but i can tell he just wants to relax and he just wants he needs to have some quiet time and so 
with my treatments and then my consultative stuff when I bring up the healthcare stuff or just refer out or ask some questions about it, um, it's something that I can see that that's probably not been paid attention to by him. So, yeah. And I think there's something to be said for like providing them with like a space of comfortability to ask for those things too. But in those first initial meetings, it's about how do we create a safe space for that male client, any male client, and understanding that their sense of openness and vulnerability comes very differently than the fem their female counterparts, right? And that, that for me, I'm understanding more. And as I mature as a man, I'm understanding more um, of what my own needs are and then bouncing them off of other male clients and male friends that I have and, and being learning how to bring that care into the treatment role. And I, I, I definitely, I'll just say that in the next year or so, there's going to be a very a different Lachelle and a different sort of way that I provide uh, treatments for my clients because of this kind of particular part of our conversation. Yeah. Oh, I love this. This like whole like episode is just giving me the good feels. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? No, no it's great. It feels good because this is the, one of the first podcasts that I've done. So I've been doing, I've, I've done a couple of them and just continue to do my own internal work. Um, this feels really good to me um, because as a professional, I'm still learning so much, Maggie. I'm learning so much. And now I don't mind saying that I don't know. I don't mind saying that I need to help. I don't mind telling you and your viewers like, hey, you know, I've come up with this, but trust me, there's more for me to understand and learn. And I will continue to share that as I move on if people tend to follow me on my platforms. Um, so I like this conversation because I feel really comfortable today. So thank you for providing that space for me. Oh, of course. Oh, well, that makes me so happy to hear that. Yeah. I love the opportunity to kind of say like, oh, well, I don't necessarily like have the answer to that because I feel like it opens up so much room for discussion. And, you know, even if, because, you know, if you're like, oh, well, this is the way to do that. And then if no one questions it or there's no discussion, then you might not realize that there's, you know, a whole other opportunity that's being missed or something. So Room for openness. And that's what I see is happening in our industry, especially with the aesthetics industry. And I want to go back to what, what we, why I brought up the healthcare topic, because what I'm doing now, I'm also part of the Integrative Aesthetics Track or IECDP, uh, Integrative Aesthetics um, and Dermatology Board. And what, we've, what we do is, oh, it's called LearnSkin. And what we do it is we bring integrative method into our treatments. I call it the College for Esthetician. It's a newish platform. It's over a little over two years old. I just did um, I did a, a conversation in Reno for other estheticians and some dermatologists around a class that I created, which people can find on my website now. Of course, it's skin toxicity, holistic treatment from uh, for men of color living with cancer. Oh, okay. Okay, so just uh, a sort of, uh, of um, another addition to add 
to the oncology training, right? Because we have to take into considerations what I talked about earlier, the parameters that are differences, there are difference in men's skin and the parameters that are difference in uh, men of color skin and then how to approach them very differently. And I, um, I, I brought all that up to say that this particular understanding of how healthcare and skin health is, is correlated is something that I hope that most estheticians begin to realize uh, because it's not a, it's not compartmentalized at all. And yes, we're not doctors, but we can also, and we can also be a conduit to, to other healthcare services. So my, another thing I would suggest is that some estheticians, if you are really um, passionate about this, this type of work, and you kind of understand the perspectives that I'm going in, align yourself with other healthcare practitioners and so and have those comprehensive conversations as much as you can, or try to understand uh, as much as you can from a healthcare perspective so that you can be able to bring more value to your male clients. Because I believe that that approach is going to, what's, what's going to keep our guys, our men coming and keep coming back and also see more practitioners in the field that we're in of aesthetics. Uh, I was going to close out with a little bit of game time. Let's I'm really it. excited because this is the first time we've actually played this game on the podcast. Okay, so I'm the, I'm the, I'm the guinea pig? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I always close with the game, but this game is new. So this game, I'm calling it Factor Cap. And I thought this would be so fun because I feel like there are so many myths or skewed statistics or things like that around, like, you know, having men in the spa and things like that. So I thought this was the perfect opportunity to play factor cap where okay. i say the statement and then mm. you're just going to give your best guess on if you think it's factor cap and then i'll share what i was able to find so just so i'm just answering cap or fact that's all i'm saying okay well, and you could say like why you think that too the so top is cap means uh you're it's wrong fact okay. yes cap is your line <laughs> oh, well, love it let's do it okay um, so statement number one, men don't need facials as often because their skin is naturally more resilient. Cap. What does that mean? Like, what does that mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, oh, your skin is thicker and the oil oil actually because of their oil uh sebum production being overproductive and their pores being larger, they actually um do need to get facials more often. You know what I mean? Because of how it affects, uh, well, like I said, the toxins in their own, their how toxins are affected in their own bodies and skin, right? So yes, cap. You oh. are 100% correct. That is absolutely cap. But unfortunately, it is one of the most common myths that surrounds men's skincare. Not like estheticians believing it, but like I would say society as a whole, like in a general sense of like society that is like one of the most popular myths when it comes to like men and skincare until they turn 60 and then they go oh my god i need you right now because i want to stop you know i'm aging i'm like yeah because at 20 years old you decided that you didn't really need a facial or a skincare regimen because you thought your skin was so perfect because mm -hmm. you didn't understand the functions of how your skin is constructed huh. so this is you know i i, I get it um life you know what is the world i i guess biology fool you know tricks you and biology tricks you. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so next one. Men age better than women. Uh, I don't know if better is the word, but I'm going to say fat. Uh, I'm not going to say better, but I definitely they say it takes them a little longer to show the signs of aging. Man, this is going to be no fun if you keep getting them all right. No, this one is not like so this one was like a because eh, like you said better isn't necessarily but there's yeah. a ton of debate around this because a lot of the stuff i was saying and you kind of even mentioned it earlier it's like the signs don't show up as fast but almost like when they show up it's like they just they hit yeah right and that's what i'm saying that's because they and mostly because most men don't do skincare regimens right and they don't practice skin health and so they're, they're not doing the things to prevent and fortify and build their skin barrier over the courses of years. So when this does show up, yes, uh, linearly, the collagen wall does break down, but it really shows up more because these practices are not put into place. Yeah. One so. person that I love to point out for this is Paul Rudd because he oh. boasts skincare so much. It's so funny. I love Paul Rudd. I love Paul Rudd. And, gets me and he's like, I do skincare. Well, well, he pro-aged well. Do you understand? And you guess, you can tell he takes care of himself. And when I say that is, you can tell when someone does skin treatment and skin care. And it's not just in the moment because their face is growing. Over a while, especially as statisticians, and I'm sure Maggie, you can see this too, you can look at someone's health of their skin and know that, oh, this person is committed to a regimen. Yep. It shows in the way he walks and talks. Gorgeous love, Paul Rod. Thanks for bringing him up. He's a great example of a person who pro-aged well because he used good skincare products. I will always bring up an excuse to talk about Paul Rod. Thank you. <laughs> um, a statement. The next statement is roughly 49% of spa goers are men. Well... I'm going to say cat because of the research I did, but I could be wrong on this one because, you know, the polls are so... So, say cat. So, this one I do have as fact, and it was from iSpa's... Um, I think it was, like, their 2019 one was the early, like, the most recent one. Like, that was the most recent, like, statement I could find that was looking into this, so... As of then, it was like 49% of spa goers were men. But I will say, I think you're right, is this is another tricky one where different polls are measuring this in different ways. I tried to look up so many polls in the last couple of weeks, and they all were very different. So the one that I came up with was Wahoo Zapia. And so, because it was more current, you know, and so sometimes I don't think the polls come out until a year after the fact. So um, thirty, I got the 37% versus women at 62%. But it could also be economically, too. Mm -hmm. You know, that men are just doing um, different treatments other than going to the actual spas, right? Oh. It could be like, right. I was like, I've seen somewhere it's just looking at personal care in a general sense or like spending of personal care. I've seen ones that include like going to the salon or spa. Right. It's very different. Very different. I think definitely the, more men are definitely bringing more skin regimens and treatments in to their personal regime so it yeah it's very different than actual the spa experience so i you know I, i'll just say i'll say cap on that for me yeah that makes sense yeah it's kind of hard it kind of depends on what you're looking at but 
So, okay. So next one, Botox is one of the most popular treatments, one of the most popular cosmetic treatments sought out by men. Bah, especially in LA. I live in Los Angeles. <laughs> I was going to say, it is fact. Um, other ones that ranked at the top of the list were massages, pedicures, and facials. But Botox uh, is not up there. Botox is there. Um, I do want to say that Botox is still not skincare. Mm -hmm. That's why I made sure to put cosmetic in there. I was like... Um, it's still not skincare, and it's a, a, a band-aid that you will constantly have to keep reapplying. So... And men here um, are quiet about it still. Mm -hmm. You know, so it there is a some men, not all. Let me make sure I say that. Um, so there is a sense of secrecy about it, which speaks to something very deeper, right? If you don't want to tell people that you have Botox, so skincare and Botox are a very are different skin health, the health of yeah. the skin, and getting something very quick fix to. And even though Botox does have some health uh, quality qualities, it helps with hydrosis and migraines, things like that. But most people are doing it for cosmetic reasons because they want to look younger and feel younger. But you know, you add that treatment with a good skincare regimen, you got a you got a nice layered double win. Since 2018, there has been a 257 percent increase in male spa bookings. Now, honey, I I'm gonna say again. Um, let's do fact. Fact. Okay, you're going to be really surprised. So this is from, um, this statistic specifically was from a study done by Spa Builders. Okay, good. Which is a site that um, kind of just it allows like different bookings for spa treatments and stuff. So that's where they, they were grabbing kind of from their own pool. But it is actually capped. The percentage they had was actually 346% of just spa bookings going up. Um, okay, so this is the last one. Okay. Men are more likely to be open to trying new spa services. I would say, yeah, fact. It is. It is a fact. Men are much more. And I, I, what the study that I was reading, it was just it from like the men that shared their insight. It's just because they were like, well, I don't really know what I like. Exactly. It's like, oh, sure. I'll try and it. it. And the reason why they're trying it is because once they feel comfortable and feel safe, they're like, yep. This feels good. I like it. I want to do some more. That is my favorite, favorite part of working with men. I love working with the male clientele because as an esthetician, I get to really have a good time in here. And then also their gratitude, mm -hmm. right? And, and we're both having fun because this new service has been done and they're like open to it. I just love to see the responses. So it makes me really happy. So yes, I, I'm going to definitely fact on that. Yeah, that one was fact, um, which was funny because I was thinking about it. And like, obviously, this is a small sample size, but the men in my life, particularly, uh, what I can say with very high confidence is they are creatures of trust and loyalty. So like they don't, for example, taking out a spot, if they find a mechanic they like, that is their mechanic until they die. That is that is the person they're going to. I know like when my husband and I move, he goes to the same dermatologist that's by his hometown. Like he never switched. He never looked same dentist, same dermatologist, same doctor. Yeah. He's like, I'm not switching because I trust those people. I trust their opinions. And so this was in my mind. I was like, that would make sense because once you build that trust and that loyalty, it's like, at least for the men in my life, it's like, if you're like, Hey, I think you'd really like this other service. They'd be like down. I trust. Right. You. And on the flip side, if you're not good, they're not coming back. Oh yeah. 
And they don't, they're not as verbal as some of my female clients have been in terms of like, this service is not good, or maybe they just won't come back. And I respect that, you know, it's straight up. So yeah, it's about, yeah, they're loyal and trust because they see a result because that's another thing. They're not just coming to spending their money. And especially on something like a facial, if a man is coming to me, I've had clients because it's still, it's still getting near with them. Like they'll come for three to four months. They've spent a certain amount of money and then they fall back. And then I go, did I lose that client? And then another two months I get like, Hey, Lachelle, Hey, I'm coming in, you know, because they've seen the results. Yeah. Right. And that's what really keeps them coming back. Results driven treatments and results driven um, approaching. Any more? Oh, that's it? That was the last one. Oh, I love how you did this with the hand. The little. (laughs) Oh, my God. Maggie, I love you. You're my type of girl. (laughs) You're my type of girl. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. I could tell. Yeah. This wasn't really fun. I loved this episode. I feel like we got like deep and heartfelt. And I love that so much. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed this. It felt like a really nice reciprocal conversation. It just felt like a good conversation and one that I. I'm glad I got to have, and this, like I said, this is the first time I felt really honest um, to be able and vulnerable enough to say the things that I felt that was on my heart and spirit in terms of where I'm at too as a man in, in this in this industry. So thank you for allowing me the space and place. Of course. Um, before I do all of my shameful plugging, I wanted to give you, I know you already said it earlier, but I wanted to give you one more chance, like one more like moment to mention like the classes and like the where to find you and stuff. Sure. So you can find me at uh, on Instagram at at Lachelle underscore men. Um, also, you can look at my site, LachelleYuli.com. And on my site, uh, courses for the aesthetic, for, for the estheticians. Um, I have a course on holistic treatment for men of color living with cancer. It's a comprehensive look into um how cancer treatment and cancer affects certain cancers affect men of color's skin and some ways that you can look at to treat them um, in the treatment room. Um, and for your clients today who listen to this, you can get a 20% off if you use my code of capital L as Larry, as is in Sam, M-E-N, men. And um, that's where they can find me at. But um, so thank you for letting me share that. Yeah, you're awesome. Um, and then my shameful plugging time. I want to first thank you guys for all listening, but please make sure to, <laughs> yeah, the hands. <laughs> follow. <laughs> but um, please make sure to like, follow, subscribe, do all the things. I will have a poll and a question like per use. So make sure to check. That's on Spotify. So make sure to check that out. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, Lachelle. This was such a fun conversation. Wow, this was very fun, and I appreciate you, and I love what you're doing here. Thank you for having me as a guest. You were very, very sweet and kind. And I thank everyone for listening, and I'm excited for any questions that anyone may have. Please DM me. Yes, absolutely. But all right, that wraps up this episode. We'll catch you next time. Bye, Estee Vesco. Bye, love.